And now, live, it's time. Carr will go back into the gun. Jacobs cuts middle, walks in. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs, touchdown. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We have a good team. We have a good team that competes with uh, Seth all the time. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We don't feel like effort's been an issue at all. It's the handoff. Bust toward the end. Jackpot, baby. Pinion Drake takes it home. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT, inside the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, the Raiders' global headquarters. Hope you're having a great day today and you're ready for Thanksgiving. If you're traveling throughout the Raider Nation, if you're heading to Dallas, if you're heading home, your original home, whatever you're doing, have a safe holiday season. A safe holiday season. It begins right around now as we're celebrating Thanksgiving. And we'll be at the M Resort Spawn Casino early on Thursday. And we'll be through after the game. So that's where I'll be spending most of my Thanksgiving. If you're with your family and friends, want to pop on out to the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Come by and say hello as the Raiders are in a must-win situation. They've been in a must-situation, must-win situation for quite some time here, as we all know. And all they needed was another win or two when they were 5-2. and two. They should be sitting with seven wins right now. I never thought that this team would be an 8-2 and two team, nor did you. 7-3 and three really wasn't in the cards. I would have took six and four. That was the whole thing I was preaching with Eric Allen coming into the game against Cincinnati. Six and four would have been nice. Then if you lose to the Cowboys, you're six and five, and you beat Washington, you're seven and five. Seven and five is about as good as this team could do, considering the head coach resigned. And the first ever pick in Las Vegas Raiders history was a part of a tragedy in a car accident that killed someone. Who's going to argue six and four or seven and five? But that ship is sailing. It's, it's moving on. And the season is on the brink. And I've been behind the microphone for the Raiders my first four years, Super Bowls, AFC Championship games. I've been there for the good times. I've been there for the eight and eight seasons. I've been there for the six and seven win seasons. For everybody who talks about the Raiders have only had, you know, one playoff season, you're right. But the issue becomes, in the last 19 years, they've been in a lot of seasons. There were a lot of seasons coming out of Thanksgiving where they were in the playoff hunt. And now everybody around the league thinks it's this big collapse thing that happens every year. Something different happens every year. Last year there was something called COVID, which is still here today. All right, There are players that get injured. It's not the Raiders don't collapse, in your opinion, at the end of the year because they're tired or they're not practicing hard. Or they got the flu bug or something. They're playing really good opponents and they're losing. But what's happening now is people don't want to hear that anymore. People just want to hear about how to win and what to do. And what's really hurting this team at this point, which everybody can see, is they're not having fun and they're not playing their style of football. So first off, on defense, I, I don't think you should have any fun. I think you should be a badass. How many times did you see Jack Tatum having fun? Or George Atkinson, one of the toughest players who's still in this organization. When did you see them having fun? You know when they had fun? When they were lifting the Lombardi Trophy. Or they were having fun after they were partying till the sun came up after a win. That's when they had fun. When they were on the football field, they were badasses. They came out of the tunnel. Jim Otto let them out there. Jim Otto's cut over the face and he's bleeding. You think Jim Otto was having fun? Jim Otto was kicking ass. And there's good players on this team. I, talk to, I go on a lot of other radio shows to talk about the Raiders. And what I'm noticing is the other markets, when I go on the shows, they know the Raiders have good players. 
Come on, you got Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro. These are considered very good players around the league. Two of the best pass rushers in Yannick Ngakwe and Mad Max Crosby. And then you look at Trayvon Merrick, a good young player on this team. Casey Hayward playing well. They have former head coaches in Tom Cable, Gus Bradley, Rod Marinelli, and now Rich Basacci is a head coach. They have plenty of coaching. They have plenty of coaching. Coaching is not an issue here. But what's happening is we're, we're shining a spotlight on the coaches because we're not seeing the team play properly. So you're either in one of two camps. You're in one of two camps. You're in the camp that the coaches can't get the job done or you're into the camp that the players can't step up to the coaching. You're in one of those two camps. And I, I, I don't know unless you call me what you're thinking. But I just can tell you this. I've always been a big body language guy. My whole life, it had everything to do with my dad. As a kid, my dad was a really big coach, and he cared about body language. He cared how you sat up. He cared how you energized your teammates. He cared in Little League, if you were batting ninth, that the best player on the team who was batting third or fourth, the all-star, would encourage the kid at the end of the bench who could barely hold the bat, was playing Little League because he was trying the sport out and he wasn't going to be any good. But my dad wanted to see those guys lift up the players who couldn't play, and my dad became an iconic coach in my town because of that. Highly respected in my small world. And when I look at Derek Carr sitting on the bench in a game, and Derek's just sitting there looking into space in a game and just frustrated, I'm shocked by that because I know that Derek can get up. How many times have you watched a video, YouTube Peyton Manning yelling at Jeff Saturday? where Peyton Manning comes flying down the bench and he's screaming at the offensive line, you go block, you go block. And Saturday's saying, you run the ball. And he said, don't worry about it, Jeff. I'm the quarterback. And then, and then they, it was great. Peyton Manning, unbelievable moment. How many times did you see Tom Brady come to the offensive line and light them up, light them up because they weren't doing their job? And then you can go down the list. Derek doesn't have to be that guy all the time. Nor should he. We're not asking him to do that all the time. What we're asking Derek to do is be engaged in the second and third quarter when he's not playing well and get the hell off the bench and stand next to an offensive line coach and encourage the defense. All right? I mean, I, you want to look at the tablet when you go three and out? Okay. Look at the tablet for a minute and say that, hey, this guy was open. I didn't see him. My bad. Hey, you didn't pick up the block. Let's fix this again. Then take the tablet and smash it and go stand next to the head coach. Go stand next to the head coach and be like, what do I need to do here to get the team up? Same thing. I, I see Max Crosby in games where they're down. He's gassed. He's tired. What does Max do? He lifts his hands in the air to the crowd. A new crowd that isn't actually perfectly engaged. We never compared Vegas to Oakland. Okay, you're not going to have a marshmallow concert and Sammy Hagar and all the stuff that you have in Oakland, especially at the end, like you're having in Vegas. If you can't figure that out, I can't help you. Okay, I can't help you if you don't understand why Bruno Mars and Celine Dion and all these big stars don't play Lake Merritt and they play Vegas. We're an entertainment city. When you come to the game, you're going to be entertained. And then a football game breaks out. We got to get back to football. In regards to the players, have to be locked in and the fans got to help out the rest of the way. And I think the Raider Nation does that. So what do you think needs to happen as we put in the game plan? What do you think needs to happen as we put the game plan into play today? Because if the Raiders don't wake up and play a real football game on Thanksgiving, they're going to be embarrassed from both sides of the country. 
I'm telling you that the shows on CBS in the morning in New York with Booma and Phil and JB and Coach Cower, all the way to the ones out west on Fox, are going to light this team up. Light this team up. And Howie Long can't come and save this team on Fox. This team needs a moment. They need a galvanizing moment. Eric Allen does something on the pregame show called Ease Keys. And we do that in the last segment of the pregame show. And we try to get him. We try to get him to say, what are the big three keys to this game? And then usually he gives us something real well thought out. And last week, his final E keys is we need one player. We need one player to be the guy. And it happened early. You know, that Levitt fumble recovery got him down to the nine-yard line. That's what he was talking about. And that was the guy? They get first and goal at the nine-yard line? What do they do? Why aren't they throwing the ball into the end zone? Into the end zone. I am appalled that anybody thinks these guys are covered enough that you don't do what you want to do. Because then, then you don't believe that Darren Waller can jump. You must think he has a one-foot vertical if you're not throwing him a fade or if you're not throwing him a high-point ball in the end zone. Then you just don't believe. You must be intimidated. You must see something on film that you believe that you can't do. And that's all I can say because I think what the Raiders are trying to do is like any team in sports, they're trying to find – they're trying to find a way to get the best matchup. Tom Brady last night had Rob Gronkowski back. Did you see that? How wide open Gronk was on a couple of those receptions. Brady hit him in stride. One play, I froze it, and Gronk was double teamed. He was hit at the line of scrimmage, something the Raiders don't do with Kelsey. Then he ran a route about 10 yards up the middle of the field, and then he cut to his left, and the ball was right on him. As a corner was on him and a safety was over the top coming towards him. They throw it to Rob Gronkowski. You're going to throw it to Darren Waller? And when they do throw it to Darren Waller, and he has seven receptions for over 100 yards, that's not enough. Does everybody understand that's not good enough for Darren Waller? Seven receptions for 110, 12 yards, whatever, and not a touchdown is not enough. you got to be better than that. Get Hunter Renthrow going. Get Josh Jacobs going. I mean, I think this coaching staff needs to sit down with Josh Jacobs and go, here's the deal. If you don't get more than 50 yards in the next two days, one being on Thanksgiving, we're benching you. I said I wouldn't play Jonathan Abram against Kansas City again. He got toasted again in the last game behind him in the end zone on a short field. He let someone get behind him at the safety position. Time to bench some of them. And then when it comes to Derek Carr, I think the team's much better with Derek Carr. But you got to sprinkle in a little bit. Hey, Derek, if you don't play well in the first half in Dallas and you don't show us more, Marcus Mariota's playing. And we're going to see what markets can do because we need a spark. Who would argue with that? I don't think Derek could argue with that anymore. So everybody is on notice other than who? Casey Hayward, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, Perryman at linebacker. I would say the entire special teams, you know, Carlson, Cole, they're, they're out of this equation here. And then who else? Maybe that's a good podcast or a good radio show. Who on the Raiders is not on notice. Anybody start? 702-365-9200. Help me build the list. Who's the one guy or guys you're putting in the category and say, we're good. We're not talking about you on the flagship. You're good. You're playing your ass off. Your body language is great. You want to win for this franchise. You're totally engaged. You step over there and and let's find those players. And let's build them up heading into Thanksgiving because they deserve it. They deserve the positive attention if they're going to show up and try to win these games, which I think they can. They can win these games.
Raider914. Appreciate you holding. Go ahead. JT, happy birthday. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. So the last three games, it's amazing how disconnected this offense is. It's like we took 100 steps backwards in the last uh, since last year. So, so I, I put a lot of blame on Carr, and this is why, and I'll explain. He's the heartbeat of that offense. He's the general on that field. He's been in the league eight years. He sees things that other quarterbacks can't see. If you check down to a run on third and six, it's almost like, and I can't, it's hard for me to say, but it's not like you're giving up, but it's like you took this attitude like those two catastrophic issues that happened. It's like we're not, we can't overcome them, and, 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 and the rest of the league and people would need to understand that. Well, I, I'm not going to go that route. I can't go that route. There's too much football left this year. When we, have, when we got the ball before halftime, we had two timeouts left. I think we threw the ball down the field, uh, you know, maybe like a 10-yard play. And then, like, I don't, we let the clock run out. Like, where's the sense of urgency? How come we're not pushing the ball down the field? We know we're going to get the ball back after halftime. Let's get some points on the board. When we got a fumble recovery on the nine-yard line, we didn't even throw the ball in the end zone like you were talking about before. He's the heartbeat of this team. He's the general. Let's snap out of it. And the scary thing is we need somebody on the offensive side of the ball that's going to ring necks and shake these guys and say, snap out of it. We got football to play. We're getting paid a lot of money. We've got a lot of people that want our team to do well. And I don't know if that guy's on the team. Have a good Thanksgiving, JT. Yeah, I think that guy, no, I appreciate the call. No, let me stop. That guy is on the team. He's Derek Carr. He's Derek Carr. That's the guy who's got to ring necks. That's the guy who's got to wake everybody up. It's Derek Carr. He's done it before. We've seen him do it. I'm not throwing in the towel on Derek Carr. I am not throwing in the towel on Derek Carr. Why would I? I know what Carr is capable of doing. And Carr has got to step up and do a better job. You know, all we ever say about Derek is a couple of things on this show. If you've been listening for 10 minutes or 10 years, we say that Derek's got to be more mobile. Right? That's obvious. That's Captain Obvious stuff. He's got to be more mobile. He's got to make more plays outside the pocket. And then what we say recently is Derek's got to be, he's got to have some better body language. I never heard that before with Derek, but it's apparent that everybody sees that. So too bad if he doesn't like hearing that. He's got to be better and more engaged during the game. And then the other thing that we need to see Derek do is secure the football more and not fumble. That's tough to do. You fumble when you get hit or you're under duress. He fumbles more than the typical quarterback. And then finally, the biggest thing for me, is that Derek's got to be confident to throw it in the end zone. You know, Derek's not a guy that wants to throw a 50-50 ball into the end zone much. He's done it. We've seen him do it with all these receivers. Aguilar, we talked about Crabtree. All the receivers he's ever had, they've made plays in the end zone. Now it looks like the end zone has police tape around it, where everybody's sitting there going, hey, we're not going to throw it to Waller in the end zone. We're going to throw him a sideline screen and wait for blockers? What? You're going you're gonna to bring the ball. You're going to throw the ball at the line of scrimmage to Darren Waller, hoping that guys get out in front of their blocks and open it up for Waller? Why don't you put Waller in motion and have him run across the field and lead him into the corner of the end zone where he can make a play? And then I could see if Derek thinks there's coverage there, throw it to where only Waller can get it. That's it. And other than that, other than that all we've done is praise Derek Carr 
for what he's dealing with. He's dealing with more than any quarterback that I can remember. And look, I might be missing something here. I've been honest. I'm always honest and transparent to everybody here. The thing I'll say about this, I don't know and I could be wrong of any quarterback who's ever had to deal with anything. Quarterbacks have lost their wives. They've lost a kid, a child to death. They've lost things along the way. I can't recall every one of them. But when you look as a football player what Derek's had to deal with in a month, dating back to the beginning of the Gruden resignation to Henry Ruggs III, if you just bracket that, you cannot, this is nothing that Troy Aikman, Joe Namath, Ken Stabler, no one has dealt with this, and he's in the middle of a season. You've got to remember that and put that in perspective when some people are getting out of control on social media. Now, we can control a lot of it on, on radio, but on social media you can't. And it's just fascinating that someone would put on a Raider T-shirt and go on social media and say things about this quarterback that are personal. You've got to get to the point. You have to get to a point in your life where you don't make it personal. You can say whatever you want to say about anything and be a critic. But the one thing you can't do is you can't make it personal about the quarterback. You can't say that this guy who's a father, who's a friend, who's a mentor, who's faith-based, you can't say that Derek Carr is blank and blank. You can't do that. What you have to do is say, hey, man, we wish Derek played better. We wish Derek would do just a little bit more. We wish Derek would get a little bit more mobile. We wish that Derek didn't have a, a bad experience on the sideline with his body language. That's all fair. 702-365-9200. He's a big boy. He's a quarterback. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is getting this week? You know what he's getting in Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers has a really severe to- turf toe. He's got a turf toe. Did he go see a doctor? Because he didn't go see a doctor when he got COVID. He didn't think of getting vaccinated. He didn't even think of that, right? He didn't want to go see a doctor and sit down with a doctor. He listened to Joe Rogan. So I wonder this week in Green Bay if Joe Rogan is going to fly in on a private jet and give uh, Aaron Rodgers some treatment for turf toe. That's what they're saying there. That's much more brutal than what they're saying about Derek Carr. So Derek Carr should be able to handle everything, and I think he does. Allen in Vegas on the Raider flagship. What's happening, Allen? JT, uh, to build on the last call, he's absolutely right. Derek Carr is the heartbeat of the team. He goes, they go. And I've seen Derek be aggressive with his play. Last time we played Dallas, he dove for the pylon. He, well, he fumbled the ball, but at least he reached for it. At least he tried. I've seen him take off for first downs. I've seen him dive or jump over players for first downs. He's got to, he's got to get that tenacity, that aggressiveness once again and harvest it and carry this team. He, he, he's dealt with more than anybody else on this team. He's dealt with the 0-10. He's dealt with the losing more than anyone. And if anyone is going to change it, it's going to be him. I've seen him. He has the potential, but he can't be hot and cold. He's got to just get aggressive. Yeah, I think he wants to get aggressive. Thanks for the call. Why wouldn't Derek appreciate it? Why wouldn't Derek want to, want to play aggressive? Why wouldn't Derek Carr be the first guy in the meetings, in these offensive meetings, saying the hell with this? We're going to do what I want to do right now. We're doing what I want to do, which is play very fast and aggressive, and we're going to run no huddle, and we're going to run up tempo. Again, if, if I'm sitting there on Thanksgiving Day at the M and the Raiders come out with the ball on the first drive and they complete a six-yard pass and they huddle up for 35 seconds, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm done seeing a huddle. I don't want to see anybody huddling. There's no, 
I don't care what the coach is, how much more he knows than me. They know a thousand times more than me, not a hundred. Anybody can see that this team needs to play faster. How many more times do we have to see Derek get under center, change the play, look up at the clock, and it says six, five, four, three. He's clapping, clapping, get him the ball, and everybody's got their ears pinned back. And what, what are you doing to practice all week? I mean, get the play in. Get the play in quickly and run the play. And if Derek doesn't like the matchup, change the play quickly and go with two plays. That's what Stabler did. Now, Stabler had Upshaw and Shell. The Raiders don't have Upshaw and Shell. You know, Stabler had Bolitnikoff, Branch, and Casper. This team has Darren Waller. So I, I put that all in perspective because I talked to Phil Villapiano, Fred Bolitnikoff, Charles Woodson, who joined us tonight. I know football, and I know the difference between a quality elite roster, Super Bowl roster, and what Derek Carr's had to deal with. And he hasn't had that. But what we can say is Derek's athletic ability, he's got to put a team on his back. When the team started off 0-10, when he started off his career, he couldn't put the team on his back. He's Derek Carr out of Fresno State. Second-round pick, he couldn't put the team on his back. How could he? They were 0-10. Now he can put the team on his back. And all you got to do to put a team on your back is pick up first downs. That's what you got to do, really. Isn't Isn't the one thing you need to do to put a team on your back is not go three and out? Then you put a team on your back, you get a whole bunch of first downs, a couple of field goals. I mean, when was the last time this team kicked a field goal? They, they, they kick field goals, I mean a real field goal, 54 yards, something big, because they stop in the red zone because they can't pick up a first down. And they're punting all the time now. Go for it on fourth down. What are you waiting for? Passionate Raider, go ahead. Hey, JT. Happy birthday, JT. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have man. a good holiday. Man, you too, man. Great great show today, man. You've been hitting on a lot of points I'm talking about today, man. But there's a couple of things I want to get, I want to talk about today, man. Since I've been a Raider fan, I believe Derek Carr has been the first rookie quarterback that the Raiders have taken since my times of being able to watch football, which we probably really know, which would be about 89, 90. I don't count Jamarcus Russell. I, that, that don't even count. I'm talking about a real quarterback that we had faith in, that we everybody got behind from a little pup to where he's at right now. And you told us a little earlier, JT, that you're in the building today, that mm-hmm. these speakers are on, they're hearing us. And you know what, Derek? I really want you to hear me, man. I want you to hear the nation, man, because we all feel the same. We love you, man. We've seen what you can do. We know there's not something. We know, we know your body language. We know the Derek Carr with the smile. We know what you said three weeks ago about going out having fun playing with the smile on your face you know you, you it, it, we know we know we know this is the first time in the nfl history where something like this has ever happened where you lose your coach to an email and then the tragic situation happened the next week this is never heard of ever so you know what we're on the outside looking in right now man i hate the dallas cowboys with a passion we go there and lay an egg on Thursday on national TV like the last two national television games, Derek. It's not going to be fun to be in Vegas, man. It's going to be sad times. But you know what? I believe that we can do this, JT. I believe that we can fire these boys up. I believe that if Derek does what he does in everybody, puts their issues down in that locker room, on Thursday and go and play for the Shield. 
thanks for the call. Yep, thanks for the call. They they are playing for the shield. They are. It's just a level of intensity and execution that would make everybody happy. That's going to make you happy, all the other fans happy, if the Raiders look like they're more engaged, they're in a game late, and they're living and dying on every play, they're playing aggressive, and they're doing everything that the fans expect. I've never accused this team of not trying. As Coach Passaccia said when I interviewed him last week, they're giving everything they have in practice, everything they're giving. They're playing their asses off. They're practicing their asses off. They're not executing in the first quarter of games. That's what this all comes down to. They're playing themselves out of every game in the first quarter. So whatever happens when they come out of the tunnel, and you know they're perfect. Like what coach doesn't have their team ready to play that's in playoff contention? The speeches are there. The coaches are there. The players are banging their lockers. They come out there. And then you come out in Vegas, and there's a concert going on and lights and a flyover in a brand-new stadium where the optics are incredible. You don't think they're ready to play? Of course they're ready to play. For some reason, their scheme early in the game is not popping where they can get first downs and score points and get ahead. And that was case in point. We saw that against Cincinnati when they had an early turnover, first and goal at the nine, and it was the same old story again. They had nothing. And once they didn't score on that, it was really the writing on the wall that they weren't going to win. And that's, that's just unfortunate. Because they're good enough to win. They're good enough to win all these games. We know that. Dave in Oregon. Thanks for waiting. Appreciate it, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, this is really frustrating. But, hey, happy birthday, man. Thank you, Dave. Terrific. And uh, hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. I don't know, man. I've been a fan for 50 years. And uh, I, I don't know. I don't like what I see out there in terms of Derek and his attitude. I don't know if he's as committed as uh, as he likes to say he is. Um, uh, I, and then sometimes with all the stuff that happens in life, it, it just overwhelms you and, and you can't think and you can't, you know, your talent can't come out and flow the way the way you want it to. But uh, I don't know. I think this comes down more to coaching than anything. I, I don't see the creativity in the offense. Um you know, the big thing after John left was that mm-hmm. all of a sudden we started throwing some screenplays, you know, and doing a couple wheel routes and, and just switching things up. It's exciting. Yeah, it's the same playbook, and I appreciate the call, Dave. Thanks for the birthday wishes. And it's the same playbook, and I've known Greg Olson and Johnny Morton and a lot of the offensive coaches, not all of them, but some of them for a long time. And I, I really believe this, and you can call me nuts on this because there could be some changes like there is in the NFL every year. But I, I don't think the weakness of this team is a coach. They have experienced coaches, Ron Malias, Gus Bradley's staff, Rod Marinelli, Tom Cable on offense. Tom Cable, the years of Olsen and what Johnny Morton have done in the past, I believe in these guys. I know that they have this deep playbook. The question is, who are they going up against and why don't they believe that they can win one-on-one matches? Is that fair to say? I finally figured it out. It just came to me. Why doesn't Derek Carr believe that he can win one-on-one matchups? And he either doesn't believe in the matchup or he doesn't believe his offensive line can protect him and he has to get out of the pocket quickly. Other than that, I mean, I don't know what Bill Walsh would say if he was alive or Mr. Davis. It's difficult to figure out. 
Well, I, you know, some of the players are still there. That quarterback, you know, Dak Prescott's still there, and Zeke is still there, and, and uh, they're extremely fast and physical on defense. They're really playing well in the kicking game. I think they've blocked three punts, two for touchdowns, I believe, in the last four weeks. And, and uh, so they're an experienced team up front with Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, I believe, will be back, you know, in our game. And, and uh, those are two um, gold jacket type players. And, and uh, anytime you play against Dak, you have to be aware of what he can do on how he extends plays on third down along with all the other downs. And then certainly they're, they're outside people. And, and I know Amari right now is in COVID, but C.D. Lamb, we'll see what he does and Gallup. And, you know, they're, they're a tremendous roster. They're, they're really well coached um, in all three phases. Uh, they're well experienced. And, um, you know, again, this, this will be a great challenge for us. Wow, Rich Basaccia knows the Cowboys as good as anybody. And when the schedule came out, I didn't like this game. This was the game when the schedule came out. I believed in the Cowboys and winning their division. But now the Cowboys are injured, but guys showed up today. Tyron Smith was limited on Monday. He was a full participant today. So that's the update. And CeeDee Lamb is under concussion protocol. He did not practice Monday and Tuesday. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. He has only one more day to practice. So when you come off a concussion and you're a very young player like that, you haven't been in concussion protocol in your young life and you get a concussion, you should not be able to bounce back and play a great game. You shouldn't. There should be some cobwebs there. If he ends up playing and he gets cleared, CeeDee Lamb must be stopped. Ezekiel Elliott was a full participant today. So he was ready to get up and get going. So if you look at all of that, you know, they're injured and banged up, but overall they're in a spot where they're going to be better than you think on game day. They're going to be better than you think on game day and ready to play. For the Raiders, John Simpson was limited. Uh, that is a good deal. And when we jump in with some of these other players that are trying to get healthy, Yannick Ngakwe with a rib, full participant. Jalen Rashard limited. And Stoner and Andre James were fully participating. Nick Kwiatkowski did not participate. And again, you hear you never hear anything about Trayvon Mullen and Richie Incognito. How big of a deal is that, Raider Nation? How big of a deal is that? That Richie Incognito hasn't been able to come to the rescue in Trayvon Mullen's situation and losing him this year and what he was supposed to be. And Nick Kwiatkowski. Wow, how do, you, how, do you, how do you look at the signing of Nick Kwiatkowski? He's been injured. You know, when guys are injured, they can't play. You don't hear much from me. But Nick Kwiatkowski was supposed to come in and, and be a pick that came to this organization as a starting linebacker, and he's not. And then I think the biggest disappointing player the last two years for the Raiders is Littleton, period. Littleton just doesn't never, never pops. He'll have a game or two, and he's had some tackle moments. He's been tackling a lot because guys are getting through the first level and he's chasing them down, but he never turned out to be the player that he's supposed to be. I give Mayock a lot of credit for Casey Hayward Jr. I give him credit for Yannick Ngakwe. Give everybody credit who was around when Max Crosby was drafted. And I think the improvement of Andre James, Colt Miller's a very good player, and Leatherwood is hit or miss. I care more about Leatherwood with penalties than I do of him getting dominated. I think Leatherwood's going to get better and better with his size and strength and his coaching. I just hope he doesn't make a lot of mistakes along the way. 702-365-9200 as we'll take you to the top of the hour here. Just win Wendy, who I see in the parking lot at the Black Hole Tailgate. How are you, Wendy? Yes. Hi, I'm good, and I hope that you have a great day 
it's your birthday. You know, you better you better enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate okay. that. Okay. Well, I got a couple of things. Number one, I love everything. All the suggestions that you're giving. You're like telling us, you know, that you're thinking about all the different ways that we could improve the team. Um, I'm thinking, you know, the one thing that I thought was left out until you just now said it is the O-line. I'm, I'm worried. I'm still worried about the O-line. The reason that I think Derek got a little, you know, funny about where he was going is because the pocket kept collapsing. It's not moving forward. They're not moving the pocket forward. And now we got Michael Parsons. So there's no way that, you know, we got to leave out Coach Cable. He has got to fire up whoever he gets on the field and whoever's going. And, and I also think that, you know, it's not just up to the guys to fire up each other. They're 22, 25, 28 years old. Those coaches have got to set a fire under those guys, and they've got to get them really fired up and get some energy going because, yeah, what happens when – you know, when you go on the field, you can easily lose energy over over a turnover or over a staff or over something. You've got to keep that energy up. So I'm mm-hmm. hoping the coaches jump up, that Derek jumps up, that there's a lot more energy on the sideline. And I really think that we can do it if we get our O-line to really work together and mesh and make sure that Derek has enough time to see those one-on-ones. And let's go. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. Greatly appreciate it, Wendy. Good to see you. You know, I've been hanging out at J-Lot. I've been going to J-Lot. I park in the media lot, and then I roll over. As soon as you cross over Russell and Polaris, that's where the parking lot starts in J-Lot. And I go right to the black hole, and I hang out there with a bunch of friends and people I consider family. It's a great tailgate. I don't know where you're tailgating at the game. You won't find a better tailgate than that. Uh, That's hardcore. That's what it used to be. It's not the black hole in Oakland. Never. All right. Never. It's not the black hole in Oakland. I would never compare it to it. But it's something that's building every week. And I get a chance to see just win Wendy and a lot of other fans, Gorilla Rilla and Cisco and John and the whole black hole. And they're really out there trying to make this thing special. So keep coming out. Keep coming out and have a good time and get in there for a tailgate and then come see us at the torch. 702-365. 9,200. Again, Jason Garrett's fired as the offensive coordinator of the Giants. And it looks like the Bears are going to fire their head coach any minute. He said Matt Nagy is now trying to fight for his job. He's out at the end of the year, but the Bears coach, Matt Nagy, denied a report that he's been informed that he would be fired after the Thanksgiving game against Detroit, saying that he has not spoken to team leadership about his job status. Quote, That is not accurate, Nagy said earlier today during a 10-minute meeting with reporters focused largely on his quotes and a top source in there, and he's denying it. Look, there's going to be coaches on the hot seat really quick, and some of these owners are going to want to fill those spots because there's not a lot of coaches. As I've said, we've run out of coaches. Who who you want to bring in from college? Nick Saban's not coming. Dabo Sweeney isn't coming. Urban Meyer just came and went to Jacksonville. So there's no one in college. I'm a big David Shaw guy at Stanford. I love him. I interviewed his dad today. And David Shaw, I interviewed Willie Shaw. It was like going to church for defense. It was incredible. And there's not a lot of college coaches that can come in and coach football teams. And then in the NFL, I think it's going to be a race to get Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy now he's up. He's ready to coach. And someone's going to go get him. 
and bring that Patrick Mahomes offense to another city. Let's get out to Matt in Vegas on the flagship. How are you, Matt? Good, JT. Happy birthday. Thank you. Appreciate it. My, my, sister, my sister went to Geneseo alum, too, mm. so uh, shout out there as well for you. But uh, Excellent. Yeah, I've been listening to all the D.C. comments and, uh, you know, love the dude, right? I, I, I really wish he was the guy that could get it done. But, you know, unfortunately what I see and what I know we all hope for is that it's the same stuff year after year after year, right? We start out on fire. He's firing the ball. He's making the completions and getting the yards and doing this top of the NFL stuff. And then at some point during the season, it's just something snaps and we get back to uh, losing our mojo. Yeah, but why does something snap? Because this is what everybody's calling me saying. What happens at the end of the month? And what happens is injuries and or COVID or better teams or horrific losses, it's not in this building where I'm sitting where everybody comes in and they look around and say, I'm checked out. I don't know why it's happening, but everybody's now throwing out that general statement, that blanket, that this team collapses when November comes around and it's tough for anybody to defend it going forward. Yeah, I think it's a bit of scheme. And then I think it's just, you know, think of this, third and long. When, when do we ever take a shot third and long? When do we ever just throw it up just to get a pass interference? When do, why do we roll out, try to pretend like we're going to run, and then chuck it up out of bounds for, you know, to punt. Then, you know, the running aspect. We all want him to run. He's athletic. But he can't – he doesn't run. Every time he thinks to run, I see a, a pause in his step where it's – you know, he pulled the hammy last year. And I think it goes back to all that, you know, when he injured his thumb in his mm-hmm. second year, right, that something just mentally for him he can't break that it's just – I think if it's that whole thing you're thinking too much sometimes where it's just let it go. And when he lets it fly, he's awesome. And I, and I love the dude. I love DC. I want DC to carry us forward to the right promised land, but moments like these, and I know we're all regressing and it's a pessimism coming out and I don't want that to come out. Cause I still, I do believe this team is different. Rugs impacted the hell out of this team this year. That's no, no doubt. Last year, rookies, COVID, that was, a, you know, it's been a lot on DC. So I can't say this is, the same old, same old, but it's the same scenarios happening, unfortunately. So, yeah, it um, is. And we're trying to all figure yeah. it out together. That We're trying yeah, to figure it yeah. out all together, and we don't have the answer. No one, ha- no one has no the doubt. answer. The, the head coach doesn't have the answer. The quarterback doesn't have the answer. And the head coach and the quarterback have had press conferences the last two days saying, hey, practice is good. We're doing it. We're all engaged. We're all in on this. We're playing hard. And, and no one can figure out the answer. That's why sports radio is so important for fans it gives fans the ability to say, well, look, we're not in the coach's room, but here's what I would do. If we didn't have that, we wouldn't have sports radio. Yeah, and to your point on, you know, next year and the go forward, and, and again, I, I hope this coaching staff can, you know, if we can turn this thing around and really get to the playoffs and maybe we, there's a hope that we can keep these guys intact because I do believe they're a great set of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're not, it's time to, like, Mark Davis, the thing that fears me is that we keep going back to the same well, right? And Gruden was a different, right, aspect that we was really – building this thing in a different way, but we can't go back to the same old well. And that, that's my concern is that Eric, the enemy, right? I'm worried that do we even go after the guy? It's like, like we should, he's a division guy. He obviously knows offenses in and out. He's going to have to hire his own staff and own GM. Right. And I just worry that Mark Davis is not going to take a leap. Like, and it's just going to go back to that same old, same old. And we're going to get not a retread, but just, we need to change it up. This, this organization 
Yeah, I'm not well, I'm not willing to have that conversation now, my friend, and thanks for calling. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm not I'm not going on a coach's hunt today and figure out who the next coach is. The last thing I want to do today. I'm not doing that in the building. All right, where I got to sit down across from the coach. I, lo- I love when some of these fans go, "Oh, JT, why don't you tell the coach?" I think that there's probably even on my birthday, there's probably like 11 fans who think I should just go in right now and fight the coach and get fired and they'd be they wouldn't meet me outside the gate. They wouldn't pick me up outside the gate and say, man, man, that was unbelievable. We have, we have so much passion now for you. You're our guy on the radio because you just got fired. You just threw a punch at the coach, and now let's go get a beer. I mean, this is insanity, the world we're living in. You don't talk about a coaching change two days before Thanksgiving when a team's 5-5. Five and five. You, you try to find ways for the team to win the game. That's all we're doing here. And then the outside critics and the haters, the haters even in Vegas— there are people in Vegas that love this conversation. They like chaos. There are actually, I'm going to tell you a little secret, just between us, nobody else. There are people on the radio, in media, in Vegas that love this. They claim they want the Raiders to win. They love this because it makes their radio show easier. I've done this radio show this week. It's, it has never been easier because every phone call is someone pissed off. And then we get the typical guests we get. And then everybody sits here, yells, and screams. I say, thanks for the call, and I move on to the next one. It can't get easier. There are people that want to build their radio career being that. If the Knights don't win, it makes for easier radio. If UNLV can't win, it makes for easier negative radio. I'm just the opposite. I want all the teams in my town to win every game. I'm pro-Vegas. I was pro-Oakland. Not pro-Oakland A's. Get the hell out of here. Oh, oh, by the way, you're going to buy that land or get that land for free and think people are coming to that spot? God. So I want these teams to win that are here, from UNLV basketball and football to the Golden Knights to the Raiders. Everybody else, UNLV baseball, whoever it is, I'm pro-Vegas. I'd like to see the thing be positive. And then when it's no longer, there's no longer any chance for it to remain positive, then we talk about the changes that need to happen, and we've always done that on this show. 23 years here with this team. How many coaches have I worked for? And every one of them, I shook their hands and thanked them when they left. They've all been great to me. Great to me. And I think I've treated them fairly. Just trying to do a radio show, but trying to hope that the team turns it around and comes out of this spiral. This is a spiral downward. And I'm spending this week saying it's the job of the quarterback to change it. How, and is that critical of Carr? I guess. But I'm saying that that's his job. And other quarterbacks with lesser talent, Frank Reich in Buffalo, Jeff Hostetler with the Giants. I can go through lists of players. Brad Johnson with Tampa Bay. Go down the list. I can go through a bunch of players less talented than Derek Carr that put a football team on the back. And now it's time for Derek to do that. It's time for him to do it. I wish it wasn't. I wish the team wasn't 5-5 five and five and it was 7-3 and three and everything would be tulips and posies and birthday cakes. It's not like that around here. Got to go win a game. And you got to do it at all costs. And you better go all out. There is nothing left to lose. Everything's got to be on the table in Dallas for an upset victory against the Cowboys.
gets another chance. Smith behind the D, works in, he fakes, he scores! What a move from Riley Smith. Looked like he'd go backhand and work to the forehand and put it five hole. Well, it's a tough loss for the Golden Knights, especially after the start, losing to St. Louis and where they are in the standings here. That's a team that needs to be completely healthy. And they decided to go with Robin Leonard instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. That was their decision. And Leonard did not look like an elite goalie last night, to say the least. JT, back with you. BillsHappen.com. When you need extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. If your credit cards are maxed out, if you have bad credit, uh, you can get $5,000 cash as early as tomorrow at BillsHappen.com. I want to thank my friend Todd and the entire team at Wahoo's Fish Taco. Six locations here in the Valley. The location at Eastern is fantastic. And Henderson with that second deck, that upstairs patio with live music, great food. I love the California Baja cuisine. We have a great time at Wahoo's. Doghouse Saloon is where I am on Monday night. Grimaldi's, I thank them for being with me for years after years after years. Five Iron Golf, where you can find me on Saturdays inside Area 15. Expert club fitters will help you find the right clubs for your swing and your budget. Tell them JT sent you for a $400 service for free. Call now at Five Iron Golf. Modelo, oh, my bucket of Modelo, is it Friday? No, no, I can't have a bucket of Modelo's until Friday. Next time you're watching a Raider game, make sure you have a Modelo Especial in reach. Hey, how about Charles Woodson today who called in? Really appreciate that. The icon built his legend on the gridiron. Now he's taken the same dedication to his new craft, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Ask for it. And my great friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, that's where you'll see me. At the back bar at the Remy Martin Bar at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Remy Martin, drive responsibly as always over the holidays. Hey, Sam and Ash Injury Law, SamandAshLaw.com, because you deserve what's right. I think we got most everybody here. We got a lot of good partners on the show. And if we didn't, I wouldn't have a radio show. I love our partners, our sponsors. M Resort Casino Spa, you'll find me there on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks to the birthday wishes, everybody. I appreciate it. Another trip around the sun, and it's a good one. I'm very grateful for this radio show, all of our great listeners, and the opportunity to be in the Raiders team headquarters. Have a great day. We'll see you back and wrap up the week tomorrow.